You know, there's a couple of values we have at Fathom and it's nuance and bafflement. If you want a successful startup, what you have to create is hot, impossible magic. You know, like anything below hot, impossible magic is not going to be a big one. But that first time you hit that button and a car came and picked you up, you're like, oh, that's hot, impossible magic. Welcome to Podland, the last word in podcasting news. It's Thursday, June the 16th, 2022. I'm James Cridland, the editor of podnews.net. And I'm Sam Sethi, the MD of River Radio. Hi, I'm Ken Miller, co-founder of Fathom, and I'll be on later to talk about our new app. He will. Podland is sponsored by Squadcast, the remote recording tool that your audience will love. Squadcast version 5 is coming later this month. There's not much of this month left. Uh, With new features and a new look, squadcast.com for more. And we're sponsored by Buzzsprout, podcast hosting made easy. Last week, 3,374 people started a podcast with Buzzsprout, and now there's Buzzsprout ads to grow your podcast wherever it's hosted. You can find out more at buzzsprout.com slash ads. Podland is where James and I review the latest news from the podcast industry. James, the uh, first story up this week is Spotify. It's acquired uh, Sonantic, an AI voice platform uh, used to simulate Val Kilmer's voice. So the first thing I have to ask is, have you seen Top Gun Maverick? I have not seen Top Gun Maverick, no. Um, uh, no, in fact, I, I, I normally have a little bit of a joke that uh, I don't watch movies and the last movie that I watched was Superman 3. That's a slight lie, but it's it's not too far away from the truth, to right. be honest. So, uh, no, but is it good? Uh, Top Gun Maverick is absolutely brilliant. I actually have to say, it, 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 most sequels fail. This one actually uh, exceeds yeah. and does very well. The end is inevitable, Maverick. You're kind of set it for extinction. Maybe so, sir. And the bit within it where Val Kilmer, who's got throat cancer, actually then talks um, was till I knew about this I thought it was Val Kilmer talking so um, amazing what they've done but who are Sonantic tell me more well they are a uh, AI voice platform what does that mean it means that they make um, some uh, really interesting uh, sounding voices Um, I played this little clip on the pod news podcast uh, the other day what you're hearing me say was never said by a human it was generated by a computer I'm not real I was never born, and I will never die, because I do not exist. I know. (laughs) Sounds like something out of a movie, right? (laughs) But it's real. So yeah, so as you can tell from that, uh, it sounds just really real. Um, And, uh, you know, you can make uh, these uh, artificial voices that just sound completely realistic, which is uh, really clever question is, what are they going to use it uh, for at Spotify? Have you any idea? I thought about it because they have their in-car hardware device, don't they now? And I wondered whether they were going to use it for voice commands for their in-car device. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. That would be... um... Well, I'm going to ask Alistair Mitchell. He's one of the investors... uh, from EQT Ventures. Uh, He's an old friend of mine, so I'm going to ping him and see if he'll come on Podland and tell us what 
he thinks they're going to do at Spotify with his uh, investment. Yeah, all that sounds really interesting. Another person who you know, uh, Sam, it's, uh, it's, it's just like you know you know everybody. It's very... No, no, no. <laughs> so, yes, so that was one of the, uh, of the acquisitions. Uh, Global has made an acquisition as well. Yeah, um, they've bought a company called Odeo, which uh, I have to admit I've not come across, so tell me more about them. Yes, well, not that Odeo for a start, not the Odeo that uh, um, was a podcast platform back in 2005 that then turned into Twitter. Not that one. Uh, It's Odeo with two E's, and it puts audio ads into mobile games. So if you're playing a game and, uh, you know, while you're, I don't know, shooting the baddie or whatever, then you hear an ad for... I don't know, um, something for, you know, headache pills or something. Who knows? But anyway, um, what Global have done is they've made a strategic investment. So it isn't um, it isn't an acquisition quite yet. Um, but they're also going to become exclusive sales partner in the UK and the US as well, which is quite clever. Uh, so, you know, more audio ads, audio ads in a slightly different place. Uh, Global's a very clever company because it's basically, it's selling audio ads in podcasts through DAX. It sells audio ads in radio stations. It owns Capital and Heart and other ones in the UK. Um, it sells outdoor advertising uh, on places like the, the London Underground and, you know, and, and across the UK in terms of billboards. And now it's getting into... Uh, online games as well. It's doing some very clever things in terms of in terms of advertising. So certainly a company to um, keep a watch on. I think. Yeah, DAX needs to extend its reach, and I, I can see why this is just another interface where they can put ads into. I wonder what else they're going to look at. Um, you know, if you think about, I the smart speakers are beginning to get a lot of ads into them. I've noticed. Um, Again, I wonder whether DAX will be doing anything in that space as well. Yeah, and of course they're doing a little bit of that in terms of the Global Player, which is um, a, a podcast app that they own. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's uh, I, I think it's a fascinating company. I think it's one of those companies that was uh, talk about a year or so ago of them buying iHeartRadio. Um, so whether or not they do, uh, it, you can certainly see that they are a company with um, quite a lot of aspirations. So, um, you know, worthwhile taking a peek. They also, of course, own uh, Captivate, the podcast hosting company. Uh, so, um, you know, who knows what they're going to do next? Now, let's move on. Uh, the good, the bad and the very ugly. I'm sorry, Acast. Look, let's start off with the good. We do like Acast. They are a, a good company. And they do some very good things. And one of the things they've done recently, James, is they've announced the virtual audio pride parade uh, to celebrate LGBTQIA plus events over the next three months. Um, So those are the sorts of things they do very well, James. But they do a lot of. Uh, naughty little things. What have they done this time, James? Oh, they've done... Well, so they, they've announced a partnership with Spring, um, a company that uh, you might know uh, used to be called Teespring, and uh, they allowed people to make their own, um, you know, T-shirts, basically. Um, they've expanded out to merchandise, and they've expanded out to NFTs. Now, I actually missed this in the press release that, that they sent. I looked at it and I thought, it's it's merch, it's tote bags, it's T-shirts, it's that sort of thing. But uh, what Spring also sells is they sell NFTs as well on your behalf as a content uh, creator. And as soon as you mention NFTs, uh, there's uh, parts of the internet that gets very upset with you. 
Um, and so, um, you know, perhaps that's, uh, perhaps that's a bad thing. Perhaps that's a good thing. I don't really understand enough about NFTs to really make a decision on that. Well, I look at NFTs as trying to create scarcity in a, in a world of abundance. Um, I'm not sure mm. right now some of the things that they're applying NFTs to actually make sense. Um, some feedback from Twitter, Tal said, uh, I'm once again reminding podcasters that the day you sell NFTs off your podcast is the day I stop listening to your show. So uh, not a positive. And on the back of that, though, of course, there was an announcement this week that you wrote about from a company called uncut.fm which is a new podcast platform that lets you mint share and sell content as nfts so it seems that other people apart from just acast are looking to get into trying to monetize podcasts using nfts yeah and you know uh, i i think again interesting uh, I, I mean you have a look at uncut.fm and you know there's lots of things that i don't Again, I don't fully understand. Perhaps it's just because I'm too old. I don't know. But uh, I, I look at it and I go, sorry, what are people buying again? I don't really understand it. Um, but you will have the CEO of Uncut.fm on this very show next week. So I'm looking forward to um, uh, beginning to understand a little bit more about the wide world of NFTs. Yes, we'll have Carlos Diaz uh, on the show. So, yeah, moving on to the other things that ACAST have been doing that aren't very good. Um ACAS has been misleadingly claiming that one of its companies has public benefit corporation status. That means legally defined goals for positive impact on society, workers, the community and the environment. James, tell me what they've done. Yeah, so this is um, Radio Public that ACAST bought in February. And Radio Public initially was a public benefit corporation. But uh, obviously, uh, as soon as ACAST bought it, then they turned not to be that. But we're actually still claiming that they were a public benefit corporation, which is, you know, it's a legal thing that you have to uh, support society and workers and the community and the environment along with profit. Um, that's what you're supposed to be doing as a public benefit corporation. And Radio Public was saying that they were a, a public benefit corporation, but they actually ceased to exist legally at the end of this year, December the 31st, uh, 2021, uh, so the end of last year. Um, and uh, basically, they've still been claiming that they are a public benefit corporation when they're not. Um, I spotted this in March and I asked ACAST and I said, hey, j just just as a matter of interest, are you still a publicly benefit? Uh, are you still a public benefit company? Because I'm not sure you are. <coughs> and they said, oh, well, you know, we'll 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 get back to you on that. Um, and here we are in June. Weirdly, as soon as I publish it, that very same day, they went in and edited the website and got rid of any mention of public benefit corporation at least from their front page and from their privacy policy. So, uh, you know, it, it, do you really have to go public in order to get something that's misleading and incorrect changed? That's kind of not great in terms of ethics. And the other thing that's not great in terms of ethics is what Acast is continuing to do in terms of spamming other customers of uh, other podcast hosts. Um, Captivate has just been spammed with, you know, a, a bit of a cheeky 
email which contains even logos of Captivate or logos of Transistor or logos of, you know, various other people as well. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's not the ethical thing. It's also not the right thing to do, because if you're there trying to grow podcasting as a whole, then you don't do that by cannibalizing other people's businesses. You go out and you get new podcasters. That's what Acast should be all about. And it's a a shame, I think, that Acast has turned from being a company which is, you know, quite a well thought of, you know, professional company to a company which, you know, it's, if you if you look on uh, Twitter for a search for Acast, all you see is negative comments about uh, them spamming, about them, you know, fighting other podcast hosting companies, you know, etc., etc. Those uh, emails that they were sending out uh, earlier on this year were blatantly illegal. Um, I actually forced them to make some changes to those emails for compliance. Now, I think that they're probably legal, if not particularly ethical, but Justin Jackson, who runs Transistor, has reported them to Canadian law enforcement and to ACAST's email service provider, because Justin reckons that they're not legal um, in uh, Canada. And uh, he um, is, you know, obviously a little bit miffed because they've been uh, trying to target his customers as well. Um, And it's just, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm making too much of this, but uh, I'm just there thinking it's not it's not the right thing to do, is it? Well, I don't know if you're making too much of it, because clearly uh, the CEOs and founders of other companies are, uh, are equally miffed. I mean, Mark Asworth tweeted, came back to work seeing ACAST spamming Captivate customers with a move to ACAST email based on scraping email addresses from the RSS feeds. Um, he said of Ross Adams, it just seems to ignore it publicly like it's never happened from all of the feedback I've heard about it. I'm pretty embar- It's pretty embarrassing as a CEO. The buck always stops with the person highest. And if that person hides, it's a character reflection. Oof. That's a, that says a lot about Ross. Yeah, no, indeed. A spokesperson told me uh, earlier on in the week that the emails are, quote, part of our continuing marketing strategy, which we don't currently plan to change. Mm-hmm. So um, basically showed me the finger and that's where ACAST is going to be, I guess. Yeah, Mark Stedman said, I can o- I see not only are ACAST spamming podcasters, they're also doing the gross, we're just following up email. Uh, he said, if you're hosting on Acast, I think it's time to switch. If they're using these tactics, they must be desperate. Yeah, and they're actually sending two follow-up emails. Um, they sent one to this very podcast, and uh, it ended up saying, you know, move away from Buzzsprout um, because, you know, uh, we'll give you more more for your money and all this kind of uh, stuff. We're quite happy with Buzzsprout uh, for a start. And uh, secondly, Buzzsprout sponsor us. So, um, uh, yeah, so no thanks. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, I wish they would stop. Mm. I wish they would stop. Let's move on to Google Podcasts, who have also done something a little bit weirdly inexplicable, haven't they? Yeah, uh, it seems, James, Google don't like lesbians. No. Tell me more. (laughs) It's Pride Month, right? It's Pride Month. And so during Pride Month, what better to do uh, if you're a podcast uh, directory than block and hide some podcast episodes because they use the word lesbian in the title? Uh, so this has happened to um, a podcast called RPG Realms of Peril and Glory, 
which has uh, an episode which um, uh, is uh, called something, I can't quite remember what it's called, but it's called something like The Sword Strunk Lesbians or something. Anyway, uh, there's nothing adult in it. Um, it's uh, a, um, you know, it's a, it's a play-by-play uh, podcast uh, which includes a same-sex relationship. Ooh, uh, and that's about as far as it goes. You can see that episode on Apple Podcasts. You can see that episode on Spotify. You can't see that episode on Google Podcasts, um, even if you're logged in, even if you're over 18. Um, so I don't really understand what's going on there. Why is Google censoring that? They don't censor the Alex Jones podcast. Why are they censoring this um, podcast, which is about, about two people loving each other? Who knows? <laughs> now, uh, new platforms. Uh, we talked about Uncut launching uh, another new platform that's launched is called fathom uh it's a new podcast app it's a search engine that uses ai to discover parts of your podcast within the episodes it's launched on ios and in the browser i do know that an android version james is coming out very shortly um i should jolly well hope so um (laughs) it piqued my interest for two reasons one because of the use of ai for uh transcription uh, discovery uh, and secondly because mm-hmm. jason calacanis the uh, famous vc uh, investor over in california is also part of their investment uh, roster so i thought i'd reach out to ken miller who's the co-founder and cto to ask him to tell me all about fathom I really like the metaphor that goes along with Fathom, which is a form of depth. I think that one of the things that podcasts offer is a certain depth of conversation that comes along with nuance that you don't find in other forms of media. And certainly working it as a verb, people often say, oh, just Google it. You can fathom that. What was the itch or what was the embryo of the idea that led to Fathom? It's something that's been cooking up for a while, actually. There was a conversation, my co-founder, Paul Block, and I have known each other since high school and have worked at multiple startups together and companies together. And years ago, this must have been like eight or nine years ago, we were having a conversation about uh, this philosopher, Alan Watts. And Paul was really into Alan Watts and he thought it would be fun to make an app where you just press a button and Alan Watts starts talking because anything that comes out of his mouth is typically (laughs) pretty good. We didn't build that app, at least until years later, I actually ended up creating an Alexa app called Sage Alan Watts. And in the process of creating that application, I thought it would be super interesting if you could actually ask this dead philosopher questions like almost resurrecting him in a sense i'm sure alan watts is rolling in his grave that never really happened it actually did in a sense since there is an alan watts podcast and you can ask it questions uh fast forward a few years and i had started to listen to a lot of podcasts i got really into lex friedman and as anybody who gets into podcasts comes to discover discoverability searchability these are serious problems in the space And at the time I was working with um, a lot of AI technology, not so much in the, uh, the media space. I was working, I was the chief research officer at this startup called Intrinio. And I was working with a lot of natural language processing, but in the financial sector. So processing 10Ks and 10Qs and whatnot. And, and as a result, I was really heavily embedded in NLP and AI. And I decided to begin to take a look at what would it look like if you could actually use the latest advancements in AI to ask a podcast a question 
and actually have the AI deliver you the answer from the podcast, almost appropriating that intelligence. And I got a prototype going. And of course, like so many engineers out there, I got the prototype going and then it went into a folder and I forgot about it. But I can credit Lex Friedman actually for prompting Fathom again. In that, I was listening to one of his podcasts and I had fallen asleep to it. About an hour goes by and I get shocked awake out of my, out of my sleep. And he, uh, at the, and the podcast was still playing and he was talking about searchability of podcasts and how game changing it would be if you could search podcasts. So I saw that as a Jungian synchronistic sign from the universe that I should dig that prototype out of the folder. And sure enough, three months later, we were, uh, we were accepted into the launch incubator. Yeah. So Launch Incubator, for those that don't know, is run by Jason Calacanis, the famous venture capitalist over in California. So, what, you just applied, went through the process with Jason and got accepted? We had some connections. So once I just decided to really take the project seriously and take it all the way, something beyond a, a prototype that I can show my wife. I reached out to my co-founder, Paul. He had just come back from Japan. He actually spent a one-year stint as a Zen monk in a monastery in Japan. And so I was like, hey, Paul, do you want to put away your monk-like ways and become a capitalist with me and do this startup. And he was like, sure, Ken, sounds great. What do you got? And I was like, I have an AI search engine for podcasts. He's like, awesome. So we worked on it a bit. Paul came at it with his product eye and his design eye. And once we really had something to show, Paul had been at one point, one of the designers at Yammer prior to its acquisition. So he knew David Sachs and was connected with some of the other associates over at Kraft. He reached out to them. They referred us to Jason and Jason's crew. And we gave one of Jason's people a demo and we were shortly accepted immediately afterwards. Now let's unpack Fathom a bit. How does it work? AI machine learning requires volumes of data and training and learning. So there are 4.3 million podcasts out there. What are you doing? Are you indexing everything and then unpacking it all? Or are you taking a subset? How does it work? I guess, especially for this particular audience, some of the important mechanics to understand. No, we are not using AI transcription for 4 million different podcasters. Unfortunately, that's just not tenable from a cost perspective. Right now, I think we're doing about 3,000 podcasts. You can access all of the... It's not really four. Once you cleanse the data, I think it's closer to two. You can access over 2 million podcasts on Fathom, but we're only actively transcribing and then actively AI processing about 3000 podcasts. In the next six months, I'm hoping to grow that. We built our own internal speech to text engine, which was quite an endeavor, but that's going to allow us to get up to about hopefully 25, 30,000 podcasts in the next six to eight months. If you would like to have your podcast actually transcribed and processed by our AI, the easiest way to get that done is to get your audience to follow the podcast on Fathom because I've built in mechanisms to where as soon as people begin to follow something, we begin to transcribe it. And then if you want to take it one step further, if you put a link to your pod on Fathom in your show notes, I'm building something into our ingestion pipeline that will check the show notes. If a link to Fathom is in there right along with Spotify and Apple, we will 
basically puts you in a higher tier of AI processing. We're going to use a more expensive AI transcript generation engine and do more in-depth AI processing and search indexing. I'll be doing that in our show notes. We do very in-depth show notes. And so anyone listening to this podcast, please, please, please download Fathom and go and follow Podland so that we can get an index for it now. Once we've done that, what does that give us the capabilities to do? Because one of the things I found very difficult, and I guess I found this with the Alexa when I first got them, was I didn't know what to ask. And I've seen some reviews where people have asked some crazy stuff and stuff's come back and some stuff hasn't come back. And so how do you go about improving what you've got and what's the mechanism? When it comes to questions, Fathom really excels at very high level questions. What kind of supplements could I take to improve my cognitive function? Or what's the best way to begin meditating? What are the keys to start a business success? So I think it can take a little bit of re-education because people aren't even used to searching inside of a podcast at all. And then you're going one step further than that and being like, don't talk to it like Google. Don't talk to it like a robot. Ask it questions like you would ask your friend questions. So I think there's a bit of re-education that's going to take some time to see. But yeah, so we wanted to do the hard things first with the search engine. And question answering with audio, it's incredibly novel and it's quite challenging to do from an AI perspective. So we wanted to do that first. I would say there's certain aspects of the search engine that don't work as well if you're just like throwing keywords at it currently. But we're working on those. We will be improving the search engine. This is very nascent technology. So over the next year, you're going to see like a 50% improvement in the kind of results you can get. So that's one aspect of it. The algorithms themselves. The other aspect is the amount of content. Right now, there are only about 120,000 or so individual episodes that have been indexed by our search engine. And that is across a wide variety of topics, but it's heavily focused on the kind of like science, technology, business categories of content. So if you're going to ask something about kayaking and like leisure stuff, you might not get that great of results. But if you do ask something in the business technology science categories, you will get good results. Again, that is something we're going to be growing the library of content that we're processing over this next year. The other thing that Fathom does is our AI is actually able to comprehend the conversation itself. So when a new episode comes in, first we transcribe it. That's going to take it out of the audio domain. Now we're in the text domain, which opens up the whole uh, swath of natural language processing AI advancements that have come into play over the last five years. One of the things we do is we also extract highlights from episodes. We use our AI to find interesting or funny or even profound highlights. And then for our users, we give them a feed of recommended episodes with highlights from all of those episodes so that they can get a sense of what the conversation was about and decide whether or not they want to jump in and listen to the entire conversation. And what's fun about this is that our AI finds multiple interesting parts within an episode. It actually selects the interesting part that it thinks will be most interesting for the user that's listening based on what they like, they listen to, and they follow. It's a fairly complicated content recommendation algorithm, and it's getting better every day. That's pretty powerful. Now, are the clips that come out, are they uniform in length or are they variable based on the conversation? 
Right now, they're all uniform length. I would say that one of the areas we're investing heavily in right now is actually that highlight generation functionality. We have some new models and some new novel approaches. With any of these AI startups, you're always running into the issue where you have to go through this R&D process to get something that's good. And that takes time because AI and machine learning, it's less like regular software engineering. It's not like framing a house. It's more like picking a lock. And uh, once, once you got the door open, then you actually have to go through the door and get into the kitchen. That can take some time. So it's interesting because we always have a lot more technology that we know that we have, but that nobody else knows that we have. And in there's actually a, a couple different models that we have that are going to help us have variable length clips that have very on point start points and very on point endpoints. And so that's something that we're actively working on. So where's the monetization of all of this? So how do you make the money? I love Jason, but Jason's not a benevolent person. He'd be looking for a 20x return. So where's the money in this? There's all the obvious routes. This is a consumer play. Typically with a deep tech consumer play, you, you can potentially be looking at years before you, you decide to monetize. You're really looking for explosive user growth, which is not to say that we are in any way opposed to beginning to test for monetization. Ads are obviously something you can do. And then all of the typical business models, then you can have premium accounts that remove the ads. I think that there may be some opportunities in the creator space. There's a ton of AI analytics about the episodes that we have that I think creators would be very interested to see. So there may be some like premium accounts for creators to give them access to some of these AI analysis tools. But yeah, ads is going to probably be the first thing that, that we begin experimenting with. Acast have started something called conversational advertising. They haven't really revealed how they're doing it in terms of are they using AI or just transcribing it and then looking for interesting keywords. But you can see how they're going to map, I guess, brands and people who want to advertise against the transcribed content of the podcast to try and match somebody who might be, for example, talking about business, but happens to be talking about cars within that specific podcast episode. And so they'll find a car manufacturer to map that against the transcribed conversation. Yeah. With where we're at with our technology today, we can do that immediately. We already have that capability. But I don't think the first place we would be looking to experiment with ads would involve ad insertion in the audio itself. Mm-hmm. That really requires having a relationship with the podcaster that they I should be getting a cut of that revenue. We can certainly do it. I think that it's one thing, obviously. So somebody's talking about cars and now we're going to insert an ad about cars. I think what's interesting about Fathom as a platform is that we know a lot about the listener, right? Because we're basically able to look at everything you listen to, everything you like, everything you follow and that we could take all those transcripts and paste them together. And now our AI can understand all of that. So that means that our AI fundamentally understands our listeners. And we use this for in-depth recommendation. And what I've found, especially in experimenting, like with our search engine algorithms and whatnot, is that it's very important to not take just 
the content itself into account, but you need to take the listener and their preferences into account as well. And that's where I think that a lot of the sort of AI-based dynamic audio ad insertion may run into a little bit of trouble. Now, given your background, your expertise and where AI is today, what's the challenge that you've still got to overcome? Is it the amount of data that you need? Is it a better AI algorithm engine that you need? When do you pass the Alan Turing test? When does the intelligence of the AI that I ask questions of fool me into believing that it could be a human answering it? I think that there's a gradient there. You might be able to fool a 12-year-old, but can you fool a 50-year-old? There's certainly a, a gradient in that test, and you have to take a look at a lot of cases. I think we're right at the brink of basically passing the Turing test. In fact, there's the AI community has been buzzing about this recent news headline. I guess there's this engineer at Google who raised some flags about their Lambda model claiming that he believes that it's beginning to exhibit signs of sentience. And I've actually looked in, into into this particular engineer, and, and he's well qualified to, to, to make such claims. This is not somebody who's flippantly making these claims. I, I don't necessarily agree with him, but I can certainly empathize in in certain ways with his position and sentience is a fundamentally a difficult thing to prove outright, but I think that it's, it may be an easier thing to disprove. And I think that we can do that through prompt engineering, but given the way that these large language models are operating, we're almost right there. You can have a conversation even with something that's more publicly available like GPT three, and you might be hard pressed to tell that it's an AI. It may seem to you just to be a very intelligent human being. So have we moved out of narrow AI into general AI? In, again, everything's like to what degree? I think there's some really interesting things. What we're generally seeing in the world of AI is that, and somewhat unsurprisingly, is that the more parameters you have, and when I say parameters, you can think of that in terms of like synaptic connections between neurons in your brain. As it turns out, With the right architecture, the more of these parameters you have, new skills begin to emerge in these large language models. And a great example of this is a new model from Google called Palm. And they do provide some examples on their AI blog. It's so fascinating. This thing is actually able to reason, like chain its reasoning together. I think that's super fascinating. And it really raises the question, okay, right now we're looking at these 500 billion to 1.5 trillion parameter models. What does it look like when we start getting up into the 20 trillion or a parameter range? I think some very interesting cognitive functions will begin to emerge. And I think what's most fascinating for me is is what functions will emerge that human beings fundamentally don't have, which is a question. But when it comes to sentience, I think there's a huge difference between intelligence, cognition, reasoning, understanding, sentience, and ultimately consciousness. Last question, internationalization. Obviously, this is English language. One of the things that I know a lot of people ask for is when or how will international language be part of this? If I wanted to listen to a Chinese podcast or a podcast out of India or maybe Africa, could I use the AI still? Yeah, and this kind of goes back to to one of your questions about what are the real challenges? So, yeah, 
data is a challenge, compute is a challenge. And and really, when you start to talk about internationalization, data is that challenge, right? It's most, there is a huge bias in the space for the English language. And when we take a look at things, I think the two languages that we would like to really go after are Spanish and Hindi, since India is the, if you look at podcast listing by country, I think it's like US, China, and then India. And But the problem that we face is that th- there are some neural network models which are trained to recognize and even uh, translate from audio into text multiple languages. While that's the case, the, they tend to have lower accuracy, right? Than, than models which only have to deal with a single language. And obviously, it's because you're, you have a, we have a limited amount of compute in number of parameters these models can have, and you're, you're making it do more work with the same size brain, essentially. So one of the reasons why Fathom works, it does, it's kind of, it's nascent. It, when it hits, it really hits. It's mind-blowing. Part of the reason for that is we decided early on to use the most accurate, most cutting edge AI models possible. So when, and we set aside the compute problem and said, ah, we'll solve that later. We'll solve that further down the line. But in order to do that, all of the models that we use are single language. And we now use over a a dozen, I think. I think once we get everything we have out of R&D into production, it'll be over probably over a dozen neural networks to pull off the tricks that that Fathom's able to do. So since those are all single model networks, it means that in order to expand into other languages, we basically have to train up 12 new neural networks all in in another language so there may be some ways around that or even to enable some functionality but maybe not everything and we're also actively exploring those routes as well ken thank you so much before you go can you please tell people where they can get hold of the beta so you can just go to fathom.fm and there's links there to download the app. We You can download it on the iPhone. That's actually been out of beta for a while now. And we also have a desktop version and a mobile web version. Android is on its way, most likely before the end of July. So we're very excited about that. And then if you are a creator, you can go to hello.fathom.fm slash claim dash podcast in fact sam i'll give you the link for that one there to put in the show notes and you can claim your podcast with us right now we're working on a lot of those creator flows if you do claim your podcast with us you will be the amongst the first to get access to all of the ai uh, episode analysis that we are performing we have some really cool stuff i would love to get in the hands of creators i think we're talking about here's 10 interesting clips ready to share on social media, auto-generated from our AI. Here's auto-generated chapters. Here are all the other similar episodes across the entire podcastosphere to yours based on the conversation you had, some of which could give you potential like future guest ideas. So we have a lot of interesting stuff in store. And by claiming your podcast, you will get access to all of that. And again, have your audience follow your podcast on Fathom. That will begin to kick off AI transcription and AI search indexing. And if you link to fathom in your show notes we will notice that 
and you will be upgraded to kind of like our latest and greatest, most compute expensive AI. Ken Miller from Fathom. I bumped into Paul Block from uh, Fathom at uh, Podcast Movement Evolutions as well. He thrust a card into my hand. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's, um, you know, great to uh, see them launching and great to, to uh, see them doing some interesting things to get more people to have a listen to podcasts. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, they are going to, uh, from what Kim was saying, they are looking at some very deep technology to uh, expose what's within the transcript. I, again, bringing it back round to ACAST, unfortunately, Um the conversational AI that ACAST announced a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't know how ACAST are doing it specifically, but I mean, if they are using AI, then good on them. But, you know, this is exactly what Fathom wants to do. It wants to use very deep AI technology. And they've got some very smart people there and some very deep pockets as well. So I think they will do very well with it. Um, how they're going to monetize it, though, I'm still not clear. Yeah, no, indeed. Indeed. So uh, worthwhile keeping a watch uh, on that. Now, Edison Research and NPR are going to present the Smart Audio Report today. James, come on, tell me you've got a sneak peek. I do not have a sneak peek. Uh, It'll be uh, later on uh, today as we record this. Um, But uh, what the Smart Audio Report has done in the past is measure uh, use of smart speakers, voice assistant technology, and so on and so forth. Um, Some new data that's uh, just come out of the UK shows that 10% of all radio listening happens on a smart speaker. 10%, which is quite a thing. Uh, so um, the question is, is that happening in the US? Is podcasting a big thing now in terms of uh, smart speakers? Um, we should uh, find out over the next couple of days with the smart audio report from Edison Research and uh, NPR. And Edison Research is also doing some work with um, Sounds Profitable. Um, they've put together what they call the first credible study of the profile of podcast creators in America. So who makes podcasts? What are they like? What are they into? Uh, you can find out all of that. There's a, um, a free webinar that you can uh, you, you can register uh, to uh, take part uh, in if you want to uh, find out more about that at soundsprofitable.com slash thecreators. Now, for a little bit of quick news, uh, WordPress promises you can automatically convert the text to any post into a podcast using Anchor. The world's largest podcasting platform, it says, that is part of Spotify. And you can do that at no cost to you, they say. Yes. So basically, WordPress uh, offering you the tools to fill Anchor with more crap. So that's great. Uh, well done, WordPress. Um, <laughs> the new version of uh, Watch OS for your Apple Watch uh, will let you uh, search for podcasts directly on your Apple Watch. Yay, said absolutely nobody. <laughs> Actually, funnily enough, I've been using my uh, Android uh, Wear OS watch uh, for the first time in a while. I've been wearing a Garmin for the last year or so. But I went back to the uh, Android uh, one, and um, it's reminded me of uh, actually how useful it is to have um, a little device on your wrist that, uh, you know, buzzes at you when, uh, you know, something goes hideously wrong on a website that you run. Uh, So that's been uh, quite a useful thing. Well, um, hopefully it doesn't buzz too much for you. Um, 
Now, in breaking news that you you posted, uh, Apple Podcasts has published details of how search in its app works. Um, one of the things they clarified is that ratings and reviews aren't factored into search results. I think you've said this consistently for about two years now, James. Well, I think we've said that ratings and reviews aren't factored into the chart. Um, I think this is the first time that they've, they've actually said that it's not also factored into search results either. So useful to know that. Um, what they've also clarified is what the search function searches. So it only searches the show name, channel name, and the episode title. And that, in case you're ever wondering, is why the episode titles to Podland are so long, um, so that we get lots of things into the episode title so that people can find us uh, easily. Um, so we actually did, uh, on, on Pod News, Mark Steadman and I did some research in July last year looking at what um, uh, things different podcast apps search through. And we spotted back then that Apple Podcasts doesn't search the descriptions of podcasts, either the show description or the episode one. Um, and um, it's good to uh, see that Apple agree with us. <laughs> so, so that's a good thing. <laughs> So, yes, so if you're interested in uh, getting your SEO right for your uh, podcasts in the uh, search in, in a podcast app, then um, this new posting from Apple Podcasts is well worth having a look at. Moving on, RSS.com, our friends, have added automatic submission of podcasts to Boomplay. Now, I can't say I've come across Boomplay, so tell me more. No, it's it's a African uh, podcast app. Uh, it's got over 50 million users, apparently. I had a quick play with it this, this uh, morning, and it looked, uh, you know, pretty good. Um, and so RSS.com have uh, added automated distribution into that from you know from uh, all of those um, podcasters there I think uh, you know it's very clear that uh, podcasting is growing quite fast in many African countries um, and uh, anything that makes life easier to get your podcast into the specific podcast apps that people use there which isn't likely to be Apple podcasts and is much more likely to be you know more local stuff then uh, all the better so um, yes I'm going to have a closer look at um, boom play a little bit later and see if I can make sure that our shows are in there after being purchased by Spotify at the end of last year podcast host Wooshka is to close on August the 31st yes uh, everybody is uh, being invited to migrate over to uh, megaphone doesn't uh, your radio station use uh, Wooshka? yeah when i got an email from rob lowenthal at about three in the morning my time uh, pinging me to tell me that Wooshka was closing. I had a little bit of a hot sweat right then, thinking, oh my God, what do I need to do <laughs> next? But Rob's been very mm. kind and said he will personally make sure my radio station uh, feeds and moved over. And actually, Megaphone are offering a full 12 months uh, for free on the platform during the migration. So actually a little bit of a bonus for us. Well, well there you go. A little bit of, uh, a little bit of saved money. Uh, and there's an interesting piece from uh, Jonas Woost from Pacific Content, a friend of the show. He's been on the show before, uh, talking about the true measure of podcast success, which is not downloads, it's attention time. That's what he reckons. Uh, and so it's uh, it's an interesting piece that you should go and uh, have a look at. I caught up with Dan Meisner at uh, Pacific Content when I was in Canada a couple of weeks ago, and he did a great talk for Canadian Music Week around how he's managed to work out um, how many 
Canadian podcasts are in the top charts in Canada. And basically, it turns out to be about 10%. So the rest is from the US and the UK. Uh, so Canadian podcasts not doing particularly well. He, he ended up uh, showing a couple of categories that uh, really work. Uh, so, um, you know, they're a great company worthwhile keeping an eye on, I think. Talking about people on the move next, James. Uh, congratulations to Helen Arnold for starting a new position as head of UK podcast sales at Sony Music Entertainment. Yeah, uh, Sony Music getting uh, more into uh, podcasting in the UK as well. Uh, Tony Morey, uh, who is the nicest man in radio, has been appointed Bauer Media Audio UK's content director of digital platforms. Now, this is a really intriguing move. He was basically the boss of Magic Radio, which is a large national radio uh, station in the UK, and Absolute Radio, which has 10 national radio stations in the UK. Um, he's moving on from that to oversee the audio and visual content that consumers can access on Bauer-owned digital platforms. Uh, having followed Bauer for many years, um, Bauer appeared to always be short of a strategy uh, for pretty well anything. <laughs> Um, so uh, it does look as if there might be a strategy here. Uh, so many congratulations, uh, Tony. And uh, maybe, who knows, maybe we might get him on the podcast at some uh, point in the future. He is a very lovely man, as I may already have mentioned. And uh, Matty Stort has left uh, Amaze Media Labs. Um, he is to uh, take his Jam Street Media back. He's going to work with uh, more companies. He used to work for iHeartRadio a long while ago. And he's a, a decent chap, and I saw him at uh, Podcast Movement Evolutions as well. Mm. Moving on to some tech stuff now. Uh, Brian of London, one of the guys behind Podping uh, on the Hive Network, has written a great post about how notifications are springing free of the regulated gatekeepers. Have you had a read of that piece? Yes, he has. Yeah, and it's uh, all about how Podping works and how Podping is essentially making life easy and simple for all kinds of things, including for uh, live podcasts as well. Um, Adam and Dave on Podcasting 2.0 last week did a very good demonstration of um, doing a live show and getting some live um, uh, feedback from their audience. So uh, they did a, a good job there pointing out how useful it is. So it's a great uh, article which is uh, worthwhile having a look at. You've also written something about uh, Firefox uh, in here, I notice, as well. Yeah, I just noticed something that came through. I mean, you know, occasionally you see stuff. But they, Firefox has rolled out something called Total Cookie Protection and they've turned it on by default to all users worldwide. The reason I mention it is because it's the cookie Armageddon that's starting where, mm. um, you know, I guess this is why people like Acast are looking at AI conversations rather than looking at uh, the individual user of a podcast, because at some point Google will and others turn on. Uh, cookie blocking, I guess, uh, and and this will mean that you won't have the same access to the same information. Well, it looks like Firefox mm. have started, so uh, this starting. Yeah, so gun. Firefox is basically starting already uh, blocking third-party uh, cookies. Google are getting rid of them in late twenty twenty-three. It doesn't necessarily impact podcasting because we've never used cookies. We don't use cookies for. Um, any podcast analytics, but you know, if uh, given that we all run, um, uh, you know, websites as well, uh, it's probably a good uh, plan just to keep an eye on that. Pod News doesn't use cookies. 
uh, at all. So, um, uh, so there we are. I'm, I'm a bit militant in terms of what I allow onto that website. So, uh, yeah, but uh, good on uh, Firefox for uh, sticking that going. Mm, now, your favourite part of the week, James, it's Booster Gram Corner. Now it's time for the Boost, 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 Boost Gram Corner. It's too much. Oh, yes, it is. And uh, 1,000 sats from Dave Jackson talking about nice people. Uh, he's a he's a terribly nice person. Uh, he's uh, sent us 1,000 sats using Castomatic and says, love the show. Thanks for the global coverage. Thank you, Dave Jackson. That's very kind. We should get Dave on one of these days. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's a top man, or maybe when when I'm away in a couple of weeks' time, maybe he might be your other co-presenter, unless you've already filled those spots already. No, I haven't yet, uh, and we will be discussing that at the uh, end of this show. But, but let's move on. Oh, here we, here we go. Um, yes, well, thank you uh, so much, Dave. Uh, he's one of one of the good guys. Never has a bad word to uh, to say about anybody. Um, and so, thank you for the sats. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you also for the 5,000 anonymous sats from uh, somebody who was using uh, CurioCaster, and all they left uh, as a message was X-Ray Yankee Zulu. Uh, so uh, who knows who that might be? Todd Cochran, maybe? Maybe Mike Dell? Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for those, and thank you for another person who just left a random amount of 1,000 sats and didn't even bother writing anonymous in uh, CurioCaster. Maybe one of the things that CurioCaster could do is just remind you if you haven't set a, uh, a username to go and set a username prior to sending a boost. Um, that would be a good plan. But thank you so much uh, for uh, doing that, even though uh, even though Bitcoin is down by 34% uh, year on year, it's still a very important thing and a very useful thing uh, for us. So if you like the show, uh, then please do uh, hold down that boost button and send us a boostergram. And if you're not using a new podcast app yet, then you should be at newpodcastapps.com. Now, uh, let's have a look at some of the events that are going on around the world. Um, we, we keep hinting and reminding people um, in August in Dallas, it's the next podcast movement. It is, and uh, they've just made some speaker announcements, actually. Uh, Dallas Taylor from 20,000 Hertz, which is one of my favourite podcasts, he will be talking about how they make the sausage. Uh, the sausage, in this case, being the, the, the podcast, not not a uh, you know ground up meat. Uh, Robert Riggs from True Crime Reporter will be talking about uh, doing uh, true crime uh, reporting. Uh, he is a proper proper reporter. I went out for dinner with him at Podcast Movement Evolutions, and he was even holding one of those reporters' notebooks, you know, with the spirally thing at the top and and everything else. He's a proper old school reporter. Um, he will be very good to watch. And also, uh, excellent news, Sam. Fireside Chats, Mark Cuban and Fallon Fatemi are returning to speak about the power of Web3 wow. and Metaverse. So I'll be sure to be um, going to that one. <laughs> I think the bouncer might have your name on the list not to let you in, mate. That's more yeah. likely. Yes. Well, I'm very much looking for great teeth. Great teeth. I'm very much looking forward uh, to seeing Mark Cuban and Fallon Fatemi for another 45 minutes of uh, sales talk. Well, it looks like they're pivoted then if they're talking about now their keywords are metaverse and Web3. Uh, so I'm sure that they'll be selling NFTs as well as part of the uh, fireside chat 
uh, platform. Yeah, well, apparently they're talking about the future of podcasting, media and entertainment. Uh, so very much looking forward to be sold to for 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, but uh, but there are plenty of good things to uh, go and see a Podcast Movement 2022 and Mark Cuban. Um, and uh, I will be uh, there as well. So in case you, um, just like at Podcast Movement Evolutions, if you want to um, uh, pin me against a wall and shout at me for 10 minutes about something that I may have written four months ago, uh, then uh, you've got another chance uh, in uh, Dallas in August. And just point out, he's taller than he looks, James. He is taller than he looks. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yes, let's move on. Uh, International Women's Podcast Festival uh, is in London uh, on uh, Saturday. They've got a number of uh, high-profile speakers, haven't they, uh, in partnership with Pinterest, uh, which is uh, worthwhile doing. Uh, the British Podcast Awards have uh, nominations um, uh, coming up on Monday, uh, which will be fun. And uh, they have a, a thing, a new thing called Grow, which is a specific event if you have just started a podcast and you're looking at uh, techniques to grow your podcast, that's in July, July the 22nd. You can find out more information at uh, BritishPodcastAwards.com. I think it's .com, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it's probably .com. Uh, so you can find out more information about that. That's the day before the British Podcast Awards itself that we will not be winning. No. No, <laughs> we won't win any awards for this thing. Because we didn't enter. <laughs> That's one of the reasons. Uh, so, yes, there we go. And the Podcast Awards, uh, which uh, Todd Cochran works on, are open for nominations from July the 1st. Uh, Pod News was a nomination last year. Uh, so uh, who knows, we might be entering uh, again, uh, but well worth uh, entering too. So what's happening for you this week in uh, Podland, Sam? Well, uh, I'm glad to say I finally installed my new Rodecaster Pro 2. So they, Hooray, does it work? It works very well, yeah. Uh, all the lights came on, the, uh, the firmware upgraded properly. Uh, we've plugged it all in and I'm doing final testing before it goes live on the radio station. Yeah, Excellent. Well, very nice. Nice. Yes. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to. It. I, I, I've been using uh, using this mug in your in your honour, uh, uh, Sam. Thank you. you yes. So uh, I shared that photo far and wide. Yes, I, I posted a beautiful photograph of, of, uh, of a mug for Sam's radio station on the Twitter the other day, and uh, yes, that was all good. Um, and also, I've been enjoying. I was listening to a bit of uh, the podcasting 2.0 podcast with uh, Adam and uh, Dave and, and it uh, I very much enjoyed it Sam it started with this bit I had an experience today that I can't get out of my head and it has to do with audio versus video so this morning I uh, I got a ping from Sam Sethi he wanted to talk about something so uh, we hop on uh, a video chat now I've been listening to Podland I've been listening to uh, uh, Cridland and Sethi for I don't know two years maybe and, and so we're talking, and he, start, and he starts talking about something. And, and I said, Sam, i got to interrupt you for a second. It, it, my brain cannot wrap around <laughs> the voice I've been hearing, the image in my mind of what you look like, and what you actually look like. Yeah, he, he has visions of me being a blonde, blue-eyed Brit or, or, or nerd. Yes. Yes. Yes, and that's not quite what's going on there, is it? No, it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard, I have to say. <laughs> but thank you, Adam and Dave. So, 
So good on then. I'm looking forward to meeting uh, Adam and Dave, who I've not yet met in, in person. Uh, they, I gather, will be at Podcast Movement as well. So that should be good. So, James, what else has been happening for you this week in Podland? Well, I've been basically, uh, I've been enjoying being at home. Uh, I've been enjoying uh, playing around. I did some uh, fiddling around with the QR codes on Pod News podcast pages the other day. Uh, and, uh, you know, a few other li- little site enhancements as well. Uh, one of the things that I've just, just done, which is good for you if you're looking for a brand new podcast to go and uh, have a listen to, is a new podcast trailers uh, feed, uh, which I've enhanced uh, this uh, afternoon. So you can easily get it on all of the all of your favourite podcast apps, as long as it's not Spotify. Um, podnews.net slash trailers uh, is where to go to find out more about that but it's basically full of uh, trailers for new shows that you should be having a listen to Uh, so that was fun Mm. Uh, and that's it for this week if you like Podland tell others to visit you can tell your friends on Twitter LinkedIn Facebook uh, MySpace uh, or Bieber (laughs) yes you can't do those last two but you never know they might come back Uh, you can also email comments at podland.news or send us boostergrams that we love to read out on the show you'll also find all our previous shows and interviews at podland.news yes and if you want daily news you should get Pod News the newsletter is free at podnews.net the podcast can be found in your podcast app or by asking your smart speaker sweetly Uh, all of the stories we've discussed on Podland today are in the show notes and we use chapters and transcripts too because Buzzsprout lets us our music is from Ignite Jingles and we're hosted and sponsored by our good friends Buzzsprout and Squadcast keep listening Thank you.